Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I grow trees. This week, we talk about the Apple event on the week of for the first time. Can you believe it? I'm usually two weeks late, but this time we are reporting in two days after the keynote when this episode comes out. I'm definitely tight on this one though. I'm recording on Thursday. Episode is due by Friday, so I have to have everything edited and turned in to myself by the end of the day today. So, and I have classes and whatnot. So, a little bit rough, but we're going to go over the same we're going to go over the keynote in the same order that Apple released things. So, they started with the Apple Watch, moved on to AirPods, and then they did the iPhone. Obviously, you're here for the iPhone. Uh, if I remember or I have time, I'll put the timestamps in the description and you'll be all good and set and wonderful. If I don't remember, then you just listen to the episode. Good for me, bad for you. Uh, first, they briefly talked about the ecosystem and how Apple is the only one that can do it. You know, when you have your multiple devices and they interconnect all very beautifully and nicely, they're pretty correct, 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 at least as of now. They have the highest and tightest ecosystem. But they started with the watch and talked about a bunch of stories that Timmy got from people. Tim Cook gets a bunch of emails from people saying the Apple Watch saved my life. And then they probably ask the people, can we use this for a keynote? And then they recreate the story with some very nice cameras, visuals, and effects and whatnot. And so there was a story about a bear, a person getting stuck in a garbage truck as it goes and stuff like that and how the Apple Watch saved their life. And the Apple Watch is meant to be this life changing piece of technology in terms of either a changing your life incredibly because it makes you start exercising and helps make you a lot healthier, which a lot of people have those stories. Or I actually recently read a story on Reddit where a guy said I was super depressed, bought an Apple Watch, started exercising all the rings are closed this month and I feel really good about myself. And, you know, that's small, but it's, it really does make a difference in so many people's lives. And it, it, that's awesome. Probably not for everyone. That's not going to be the majority of stories. Most people don't care. But those stories where it really helps someone, they're just lovely and uh, amazing to listen to, really. Super, super nice, inspiring and fun. Then uh, they talk about the new Apple Watches, of course. So we obviously get the iteration, the Series 8 uh, from the Series 7, as you would expect. We see the same display on the Series 8 as the Series 7. Actually, we see the same everything on the Series 8 as the Series 7. It has, it is not very different. There are a few, a couple new sensors. There's a new health sensor, which is a temperature sensor, but not in the way that you would think. It's a lot more about women's health. It has two sensors, one on the wrist closer to this and one closer to the screen. I'm not sure what they do with the one closer to the screen. They explained it briefly and I think I tuned out for that. And then you may be asking if they can tell your temperature within 0.1 degrees Celsius, why don't they talk? Why don't why doesn't your watch tell you you might have a fever? Why doesn't your watch tell you you might have COVID? Right. And so I can the, this is the reason that I would give and it, this, it's just a big technical hurdle, biological hurdle. We generally know the av- you know the average human temperature, right? I think it's like 96 degrees Fahrenheit or something. Uh, here we can we can give it a quick Google here. Average human body temp temp. A nice uh, 36-ish degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius and uh, 98.6, or not 96, 98.6 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, which is uh, reasonably up there, you know. But the the body temperature, that's an average human temperature. 
people have very different temperatures. It depends on who you are. It depends on where you live. It depends just on so many things, probably your genetics somewhere and telling whether you have a fever, whether you're it's just hot outside, whether you're just sweating. The watch is, how do you do that? You know, this just, there's so much variation. And for them to consider what's a fever for someone and what's just normal state for someone else is a bit tough. Now, sure, if you're hitting like 114 degrees or something, yeah, you probably have a fever. However, uh, I didn't research this too much. I don't have the exact number for you. But we also know that depressed people, for example, they have higher body temperatures on average. So it's if you're depressed, you have this like you might have a chronic notification saying you have a fever when you don't. You're just depressed, which is a different problem and has a different solution. There's a lot of needs that thing that needs to be considered. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be considered before they can tell you whether or not you have a fever or you have a sickness or whatnot. So right now, keeping into women's health is fine. That's wonderful for women or anyone with ovaries, I suppose. And next, after that, uh, they introduce crash detection. This is a little bit more available, you know, important for everyone, I guess. Uh, your car goes crash and your watch calls the authorities. It'll first say, hey... Seems like you got in a crash. Uh, are you okay? If if you're not okay, I'm going to start a timer, and in 10 seconds, I'm going to call the authorities, give them your location, uh, say probably a car crash. So that's awesome. This is just a great thing. There is there's no negative here. Uh, and it's much more applicable than, say, fall detection. Fall detection is more so going to be for older people that are more susceptible to falls, and if they fall, they, like, it's a big problem. If you're younger, you fall you get up, you maybe you broke something if it's really bad, and but you can still like call someone. You'll be okay, right? But here, car crashes, you know, in my age range, in the younger ages, so like 18 to 36, I think it is. Not even 18, it might be 12 to 36. In that age range, the number one uh, cause of death is, it's not actually uh, morbidity and mortality for, uh, or it's not depression and, and offing yourself. That's the second uh, highest cause of death. The first highest cause of death in my age range, again, 12 to I think 36-ish, is car crashes and car accidents. So being able to bring that number down is just a, a really good thing. And they do this by adding some new sensors. A, they add a sensor that can sense Gs of force. I think it can go up to like 500 and something Gs of force, which if your body feels even a little bit of that, you're dead. You're gone. It's over. I <laughs> Your, your body can't take that human body. I don't know how many Jesus fours we can take. It is not, it's not going to be as much as that watch can tell. So it can tell a lot and it's going to have to, you know, obviously the impact you, your car stops a lot. And so your watch will be able to tell that. And then along with that, it also has some barometer. So if the airbag hits you in the face and hopefully doesn't break your neck, then the, it'll change the air pressure very briefly in the car. The watch will be able to tell that. And then they have better microphones. So they, they'll just hear the sound of metal on metal or metal on concrete. And they'll put all of that together and say, this sounds and seems and feels like a car crash. Let's give them the notification. If they're okay, you just said, no, don't call the authorities. I can do it myself. I'll be fine. Or if you're not okay, you passed out something else. Uh, you're in deep trouble. You broke something and you can't move. Then the, the watch will do it for you and all good, all nice and hopefully life-saving. And we'll see some new 
cool life-saving stories in the next year's keynote about how the car crash thing saved a bunch of lives. So they also brought a low power mode. This is a software feature. And so it's similar to the iPhone low power mode rather than the low power mode on the watch right now, which just basically bricks your Apple watch. You have to restart the entire thing if you want it to get working again. Uh, this is just going to turn off some bells and whistles so that you can last the watch for longer. And that brings the battery life up from on the Series 8 to about 30 hours, I believe, on a single charge. But I don't know who's going to run on low power mode the entire time because it takes away like the always on display, which is one of the coolest, you know, the cool parts about the watch. You can just look at it. But if you want to do that, you can do that. You have that option. Uh, and that's going to come to every watch series four and above. I have the watch series six, so I'll get it. If you have the watch series five, you'll get it. Seven, you'll get it. It's just a software thing. It's not a new series eight thing, really. Uh, international roaming for more cellular, cellular availability, no matter where you are, which is fun for the watch. Of course, since they hate me, they kept midnight instead of black. So and you don't get a black watch. My watch was like the last black one before they switched to midnight, which is just a dark blue. So I'm very upset about that. Not fun. Everything else is the same. Seeing them repeat all of the features, they just said, oh, the Apple Watch has this, this, and this, pretending like it's new, but it's been on the watch for the past four years. So that was fun to, to see them trying to make it new because they just didn't change anything. Then there's a completely new product, the Apple Watch Ultra. It's a new product is always a big thing. So this is probably like one of the larger parts of the keynote. And the idea is that it's a rugged version of the Apple Watch. It's a lot more durable. It's made out of titanium. The screen is flat. There's like a crown guard. Honestly, I think the watch is extremely ugly. I don't like how it looks. It just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. There's an extra button on the left side of the watch. If, I guess depends on which wrist you put it on. But if you put it on your left wrist, there's an extra button on the left side of the watch. And that's just a pro 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 programmable button in order for you to quickly start a workout uh, so that you don't have to go hit the app, hit the crown, go to the fitness thing, click the fitness thing, scroll down to whatever thing you need, and then hit it. If this is for people that are, this is extreme athlete focus. So if you're doing diving, mountain climbing, or you're like a lot like extreme running, when you're doing extreme sports and you're an extreme athlete, unlike me as a keyboard warrior, you, this is the, that's what, this is the point of that watch. Uh, again, extremely durable. It has better microphones and speakers for, you know, making, if you're like in a, not fun environment because again, extreme athlete, uh, it'll make sure that a, if you need help, the siren on the watch is really loud and B if it's really windy or something, cause you're hiking up a really, or you're climbing a really snowy mountain, the microphone will still be able to pick you up. There's also this uh, sort of night mode kind of thing, which just turns everything on the screen red. And with low power mode, this watch can go up to 60 hours on one single charge, uh, 36 without the low power mode, I believe. The screen is also two millimeters bigger, which is, it's a 49 millimeter watch. It is a very, very, very big watch. It probably will not fit most people. So, um, you know, if you wanna, if you're interested in buying this one, then, you go to a store somewhere, put it on. It's really big. Uh, so the GPS is also more reliable. They added some more GPS availability so that uh, your location can be much better and more precisely uh, found rather than kind of giving you a general area or circle. This product is honestly incredibly niche. 
It doesn't look the best, like I said earlier. It's really for super high-tier athletes and outdoors people. So if you're going to go to the Mariana Trench or you're going to scale Mount Everest, this, will, this watch is for you. If you're not going to do either of those things, this watch probably isn't for you. Even me, I don't think I would opt for this one. Mostly just the design. I'm not a fan. And there's another thing. Oh, the price is 800 bucks, and we thought it would be $1,000, so this is actually kind of a steal. I think it's it's a well-priced watch, honestly. And next, we get to AirPods. This one's going to be short. AirPods Pro 2. That's the only thing they released. They added one hour of battery life, so it goes from five-hour listening time to six hours of listening time. You can now adjust the AirPod volume or the volume of your music or whatever you're listening to by swiping on the little stem of the AirPod. So no more of that, uh, like reaching in, not even reaching into your pocket, but like grabbing your phone in your pocket and trying to find the button and hitting it. You can just swipe on the stem now, which is the number one requested feature. And they added it. They claim that the, uh, the noise canceling is two times as effective as it was on the AirPods Pro 1. Uh, it can be charged with the Apple Watch charger, which is kind of cool. However, it does still have the lightning port on the case. The case does now have speakers on it so that it's really just for Find My. It doesn't play your music. All it does is so you, if you lose the case, you can make it make an annoying sound so that you can find the case again, similar to how you can ding your iPhone from your watch. It also has a little lanyard strap on the side if you want to do that. I don't, I don't remember the last time I saw a lanyard in my life, but... I guess that maybe they exist and you're interested. So you can add that on there if you would like to. There's also a new adaptive noise canceling. Uh, So what that does is that instead of canceling out everything, it only cancels out. uh, Like let's say you're in transparency mode and there's construction. You don't want to hear the construction. You just want to hear whoever you're talking to. So adaptive noise canceling will only block out the construction, but it'll let you still hear uh, if you're ordering at a Starbucks, it'll still, it'll let you hear the barista or your friend, whatever you're doing. So it just hopefully blocks out the unwanted noise and keeps in the wanted noise. So next is the iPhone. Of course, first the iPhone 14. There's a bigger version. So instead of an iPhone mini, there's an iPhone plus uh, back to the six naming. Uh, So you have a big version of the phone. So you have iPhone 13, iPhone 13 plus, and the iPhone 13 plus is 6.7 inches, the same size as the iPhone pro maxes uh, from the 12 and the 13 line. Uh, They also, the iPhone 14, both models get OLED, which is, I think that's... uh, I think that's the first time that the iPhone 14 has gotten that. I don't know. That might be a complete lie. But it has a 2 million to 1 contrast ratio. It's a super good screen and super great to have it on the normal iPhone models. Uh, The prices stay the same, by the way. So it is, I believe, $700 and $800 for the 14 and the 14 Plus, respectively. So the same prices as last year on the 13. We expected, we expected, I can't talk today. We expected price hikes on the iPhones this year, but we didn't see any price increases, uh, which is super awesome. Apple doesn't want to increase the price and they were able to, I guess, keep it down somehow. So that's awesome. Always great news. Now for the iPhone 14s, again, the regular models. Instead of getting the new A16 chip, the iPhone 14s get the A15 chip from last year. However, they get the Pro models A15 chip, so that's an extra two GPU cores compared to the A15 on the iPhone 13. So it's still a small upgrade, and this gives the phone a better camera processing for just image processing post, post picture taking. 
which it, it will make your pictures better. Uh, and then all of the cameras themselves have a larger aperture. They're, the sensors are bigger. And so it'll be better in low light conditions and it'll be able to capture more light to hopefully give you some better pictures. And they had small upgrades on the small and the front and back cameras. Nothing too revolutionary. Uh, some bigger apertures, again, better low light. And then as they added autofocus on the selfie camera so that you don't have to like click on your face when you're, when you're trying to take a picture with your front camera. It'll just do it for you. They also talked about some software things to get better photos and better videos. Uh, pho photonic imagery or something they called it for making the light pop better in your in your photos when you take them it's, it's a it's again it's a silicon thing it's, it's in there somehow somewhere that's my major uh, and the flagship feature for the new phones uh, these iphone 14s at the very least iphone 14 pro has a different flagship feature iPhone 14, a satellite connectivity for emergency situations. Uh, they called it emergency SOS with satellites, I believe. So they worked with the company Global Star, uh, which puts some satellites into the air, not the air, into the atmosphere. And these are low Earth orbit satellites. So they orbit pretty close to the Earth relative to say like the international space station which is a little bit further away from the earth these are low earth orbit so you you can't touch them if you get onto mount everest but maybe you'll be able to see them i don't know uh, <laughs> would you i don't remember the exact altitude that they're flying at but it's pretty close to the earth so that obviously these are going to be used to con you know contact people and the way that it's going to work is that the iPhone in the bands, you know, there's little little lines in the iPhone. I'm always looking around to show you my iPhone, but I'm recording with it. Uh, in the little antennas of the iPhone, they built in satellite, the ability to communicate with those specific satellites and what that will allow anyone to do if they're in an emergency situation so you don't have cell service you are in an area where you do not have access to that on a mountain or something then you can take your phone point it at the stars or the sky and then your iphone will tell you where the satellite is in the sky and how you know to follow it so that you maintain a good signal because the technology here is really 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 hard usually you know you see those big walkie talkies with the big antennas and radios and whatnot and this is just an iphone it's still just a it's a it's a rectangle that's all it is and so they need to make the technology work and it's really really hard but they did get it to work uh, you can send some very short messages it'll take a good it'll take some time to send but you can send some short messages um, and again this is for emergency situations you get stuck somewhere you don't have cellular service and so for you to contact the authorities for them to come help you save you rescue you whatever it may be uh, you hit up the satellite satellite will uh, take you to whatever place you need to do so that they can come help you out and this is absolutely not a this is not going to replace your cellular carrier this it you know you you don't if you have mint mobile you stay on mint mobile this this it's very slow and it's just for emergencies it is not at all close enough to be a replacement you're not going to be able to watch youtube videos off a satellite not yet it's just it's not going to happen right now uh, also i talked about the better camera processing and i missed this point in my script so going back to it for the iphone 14 uh, there is a uh, the iphone's already pretty industry leading in terms of video the the video quality from a phone uh, on the iphone is better than basically every other phone on the market and so they added a thing called uh action mode and so it's better optical image stabilization so if you're running and trying to get a video and your phone's what wiggling and wobbling and whatnot 
then it'll be able to use some uh, software stuff to make it seem like your phone is basically on a gimbal, which just means it's perfectly balanced and the shot looks completely clear and it won't have that shaking of you like running up and down or whatnot, which is super cool. Or if you're in a car that's shaking or trying to take a video and and that's really cool. It does crop in pretty hard. uh, And all this really means is that when you chase Bigfoot now, you have no excuse for bad videos. It better not be blurry. That's really it. Uh, Better, some better camera stuff as always, Uh, maybe a little bit of a better screen and better batteries, bigger phone and the satellite stuff. That's the iPhone 14. There is honestly nothing else different. The design is completely the same. Everything else is completely the same. It's mostly under the hood stuff that's changed. Everything physically is the same. Uh, Probably some different colors. Uh, There's a purple, there's a blue, there's I think there's a red and then the normal colors that you'd usually get. And then of course, the new iPhone pros, they don't have a notch. Rather, they have what Apple is calling the dynamic island. And so it is Rather than being a notch that comes in from your phone, it is a pill-shaped cutout that is a couple of centimeters below the top of the screen. They not only put this pill-shaped cutout, which is honest, it's actually an eye-shaped cutout, but they just blacked out the pixels that connect the two things. If you're watching the video version, you'll see a bunch of pictures of this stuff on screen. But uh, the cool part about this dynamic island thing or this pill-shaped cutout, I'm just going to call it a pill-shaped cutout uh, or the the Yeah, the pill. I'm just going to call it the pill. This pill, the implementation here is absolutely incredible. This is the most Apple thing that I've seen Apple do in the past couple of years. Oh, before we continue here, going back to the carrier stuff and cellular stuff, this is super important if you live in America. There is no more SIM card tray on the iPhone. If you, are, if you live in America and you have cell service, your carrier absolutely offers eSIM. So if you're trying to buy this phone, it's not a problem. You just contact customer service, say, hey, I'm getting a new phone. I want to activate an eSIM and they'll take you through it and it'll probably hopefully be a painless process and it'll be super fine, safe and whatever. Uh, but if you're in America, just, you know, before you like sell your phone off and like keep your SIM card, remember you need to, a bit of a different process now. eSIM Make sure that you don't like try to put a SIM card in there. The SIM tray is gone. It does not exist. The slides, other than the buttons, the sides are flat now completely. They are flush. And that makes for better waterproofing and, and a lot of other things. So honestly, it's for the best. It's where technology is moving. I can understand if you travel a lot that that may be annoying. However, uh, that is what it is. And it's kind of what we have to do. Apple's the company that takes things away, so they took another thing away. Uh, this one, I don't think most people are going to complain too much about. Some people are. Everyone's going to complain about something. But anyways, back to the pill. The pill, rather than making it just an obstruction on your screen, they made it part of the phone. They made it a feature rather than just a thing that no one likes. Of course, it's similar to the notch. You're going to look at it for five seconds, and you're going to get used to it. You're never going to see it again, whatever. However, you are going to see it again because it's part of the phone. It's part of the software. They make it so that like, say you're playing music and you swipe up rather than opening up control center. You can still do that. Of course, rather than having to open up control center and play a press play or pause or, or next song, back a song or holding and, and changing everything. The player, the music player will just pop right up into that little pill and it'll, it's a beautiful animation. And you can click on it, you can interact with this pill, and it's so seamless with the way that they've integrated it into the phone and into the software. It is the most incredible 
implementation of anything I've ever seen. It's just, it's so good. They turned something that was going to be very annoying. It wouldn't have been very annoying. They turned something that would have just been there into something that's really cool and really awesome. And honestly, seeing the video for the dynamic pill, dynamic island is, it made me want to buy the phone. It was, it was such a one. It's so cool. I just think it's awesome. And the animations are so fluid and beautiful. Of course, you keep your um, 120 hertz screen on the pro models, but they turned it into an entire software feature. It's really cool. Uh, but yeah, it has things like calls, face ID confirmations, timers, directions, airdrops. Then instead of getting the normal notifications on like notification, oh, goodness gracious, notifications, the pill on the iPhone has these beautiful animations that will show all of your information information that you need to see on your phone. And I think it's awesome. There's also an always on display on the iPhone 14. They finally added it for the LTPO display. This is the iPhone 14 pros that get the always on display because it needs a certain screen type that they don't put on the iPhone 14s. And this is LTPO. It allows the screen to have an adaptive refresh rate so that when you're swiping on the phone and whatnot, it's at 120 hertz. When you're just staring at something, it's at like 10 hertz, 5 hertz, whatever, because if your phone's not moving, it doesn't need to be using the battery life to push 120 hertz. And then it can go all the way down to 1 hertz. I don't know whether to call it hertz or hertz, but it's a Z, not an S. So I guess hertz is like just the word. It's not plural for anything. So 1 hertz sounds weird to say still but yeah it can go all the way down to one hertz uh, which just saves a bunch of battery life your apple watch can go down to one hertz i don't most adaptive refresh rates can go down to 10 hertz so seeing it go down to one is super cool and super impressive on the phone screen and instead of just blacking out everything except for the time apple did a cool thing where they implemented the always on display by having the screen drop into rather than having it drop into complete darkness it will drop in your widgets will stay on the screen so in ios 16 you get to put widgets on your lock screen those will stay on the screen similar to how the apple watch does and also if you have a background on your lock screen of course you do if you have a picture on your lock screen rather than taking it all away the iPhone will look at it, pick some like certain aspects of it and dim everything down rather than just black it out so that even with the always on display, you can always see whatever's on your lock screen. So for me, more anime waifus always visible on the phone. Granted, I'm probably not going to be getting this one, but, but I'll talk about that in the outro. Of course, the iPhone Pro does the iPhone Pros, Pro and Pro Max the big one and the small one. Uh, but there's no difference between the big and the small one. There's just size difference, screen difference, that's it. Uh, so the Pro phones do get the new chip. They do get the A16 chip. And so that is 16 billion transistors, which is surprising on a four nanometer process. That was not rumored. They were either going to do three or stick to five and the next year's three. Uh, the three nanometer process is super complicated and the engineering is tough and challenging and I'm learning about in school right now and maybe that's another episode, but I'm almost at 30 minutes and I'm still got a like one paragraph to go here. So uh, four, four nanometers, super cool. So we'll probably see three nanometers next year. Uh, my, my Mac's going to die. Got school in a few minutes and I got to get, oh, goodness gracious, we're, we're running out. Uh, and also for the cameras on the pro phones, uh, they added a 48 megapixel sensor, which is four times larger than the 12 megapixel sensor that they've had for, I think, like six or seven years. They've had it for a long time. For most people taking photos, the picture will still come out to be 12 megapixels. They'll just take it. They'll make it sharper and brighter and 
and so the picture looks better, but you still get a 12 megapixel photo. However, if you do want your 48 megapixel photo, Apple is going to let you do that. Just turn on the Pro Raw feature and take a raw photo and you will get your full 48 megapixel photos. Videos gets the same action mode and obviously they of course get uh, better upgrades for cinematic mode. So you can take 4K 24 frame per second shots for and, and better focusing and whatnot with the chip. You can do a lot more with the images and the videos. Uh, the same stabilization from the regular iPhones. The phones also get crash detection as well. So not only will your Apple Watch be able to tell when your car crashed, but your phone too will be able to tell if your car crashed. And so they'll both help you out. And the Pro Phone, of course, gets the satellite thing as well. And there's a new three times tell, or there's a new or not really new, they're bringing it back, but a 2x telephoto zoom, which is not really done by giving you a specific lens, but it takes a 48 megapixel sensor and just crops it into the two times to the uh, to give you the 2x telephoto, which doesn't really mess too much with the uh, resolution and whatnot because 48 megapixels, you're, you're cropping in, it's whatever. Anyways, the price doesn't change. You still stay at $999 or $1,000 for the pro model and then $1.1,000, $1,100 starting price, 128 gigabytes for both for the iPhone pro max model. And then uh, we did expect price raises, like I said, but they maintained everything, which is super awesome. The battery life gets a little bit better, uh, but the uh, honestly, it doesn't need to. The iPhone 13 battery life was really, 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 really good. So having even the same battery life is, is fine. So uh, even if you get a couple extra minutes, uh, another two hours or something. Very impressive, especially when you have the always-on display going. Overall, I don't really like the new watch personally. The design is wacky. I'm surprised that they called it Ultra, the Apple Watch Ultra instead of the Apple Watch Pro. I, I don't, I just, maybe they'll make another Apple Watch Pro sometime later, but I don't know. I think that there's too many names. The, the M1 Ultra was ultra enough. Uh, the new purple color is super beautiful on the iPhone Pros. It is this dark, rich, deep purple, uh, obviously. They also did space black instead of space gray. It's not matte black, but it's darker than space gray by a little bit. So that's awesome. The dynamic island, the pill, is honestly really, really cool. It made me want to get the new phones. However, USB-C is not on any of these iPhones. That's a next year thing, along with probably like periscope lenses which we can talk about whenever that happens next year. I'm probably going to wait another year, unfortunately, to buy a new phone. Uh, I'm planning on probably if they make a new iPad this year, uh, iPad Pro, I'm probably going to go ahead and cop that because I, I just the battery life on my iPad these days is rough. So getting a new one would be fun. And I'll just stick with this phone because uh, it's doing me okay now. Uh, where where are we? Uh, probably wait another year. The pill cutout is cool. So uh, yeah, I, I want USB-C. I really want to move everything to USB-C. So that's the main reason that I'm going to wait another year. They have to do USB-C next year because of the EU thing. Uh, so it just makes things easier for me. Uh, it, it's just a great... And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The satellite thing is super, super cool for the watches. The Series 8 doesn't affect me much. Honestly, the I'm not going to I drive like once a week and there's no one on the road when I drive. So I'm fine and I'm I don't ovulate. So that doesn't really do much for me. But aside from uh, that, distilling things down, it's not that many actual new features. The ability to change volume on the AirPods is really cool, but the features were pretty lackluster. Technology is at a plateau, at least in the field of headphones, phones, and watches. There's just not much more that can be really done. We have such good stuff. Uh, and so, uh, where, yeah, where are we? It's just everything's are so good. So it's really hard to go up from here. And so that's all there really is. And maybe we'll, be, we'll make something to replace the phone in a couple years here. 
But getting this episode out to you so quickly uh, in a day is definitely put a strain on me. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Next week, there will be a story, an original story. I wrote it. It's going to take up the whole episode. I really hope you enjoy that one. I'm super excited to get that out to you. It's already done and edited. It's up. It's ready for launch next week. And you'll see, you'll hear that. And then we have a normal episode planned in two weeks that you'll hear just like you've always been hearing for for two years running. So I'll talk at you next week and the week after. Much love. Apple put a secret teaser at the end of the keynote that I don't really know what it refers to. Peace.